Welcome to Missing Artwork, a show that lets the artists behind your favorite album art tell their story and experience in the making of the iconic image of the music you love. I'm your host, Michael Paul Escanuelos, and today we're talking to Chris Strong, the photographer behind the artwork for the Illinois emo outfit, American Football. Patience is truly a virtue amongst the fans of American football. Breaking into the indie emo scene in 1998 with an EP, the band truly broke ground with their acclaimed self-titled album, dubbed LP1, in 1999. The group disbanded in 2000, leaving fans hungry for over 17 years with only a small hope of new music. That hope came in the form of a small light illuminating from the college home of photographer Chris Strong. In August of 2016, following a string of reunion shows, the band announced a follow-up to LP1, again self-titled and dubbed as LP2, with Strong reprising his role to shoot the cover for the album. My name is Chris Strong. Um, I've been taking photos for, I guess, over 20 years now. Now based in Chicago, Illinois, Strong is the photographer responsible for shooting the album art for American Football's first and second full-length records. Both album covers depict different perspectives of a house located in Urbana, Illinois, a suburban home that Strong once lived during his time in college. Perspective plays an important role in the artwork of these two albums. LP1 is shot outside the house, focusing on a small window illuminating light on the second story. The image perfectly separates the warmth inside of the house and the cold location of where the photo is shot. LP2 takes another approach by placing the focus inside the house facing the front door. The door is cracked open with a bright light of the outside world bleeding throughout the shot. The walls around the door are bare and create a cold sense of loneliness that begs the question of whether the grass is truly greener on the other side. To truly understand the importance of Strong's work with LP2, we have to touch on the impact of the music with LP1. Clocking in just over 40 minutes, the nine-track album is a composition of twinkling guitars, heartfelt lyrics, and the smooth vocal delivery of Mike Kinsella. Since its release, the album has been noted as a significant influence of contemporary bands such as You Blew It and Into It Over It. In addition to the music, the album's artwork became an icon for the emo scene. So much so that upon reuniting, American Football used the cover as a large backdrop for the band's live show. Younger music enthusiasts would seek out the house used in the cover to take photos with, and the dark green and fall colors attached to the album became synonymous with the imagery of the band. Suffice to say, this house means a lot to the kids who grew up with this album, and the future generations of bands discovering it 17 years after its release. It's cool. I mean, there's no, there's no, I mean, I think it's cool. It's, it's not, <clears throat> it's not going to change the world or anything, but I think it's, you know, it's neat. It's neat that to do something that um, you feel like people connect with and, you know, I guess that's a, you know, just to do something that you, that, that you feel like people really got, people are really into. It's a good feeling. The iconic nature of the house made it a perfect focus for the band's newest album. That was Either the label or the people in the band, I'm not sure. But it was all just kind of a big group email. I don't even think that anybody talked about doing anything else. That was pretty much the the idea from the from the get go was to go back there and and shoot there again. So we we used the house in both LP one and LP two. You know, the connection between the two of them is um, the focus 
or the main image of both uh, albums is taken either of or inside of um, this house that uh, I used to live live at in college and um, somehow has over the years turned into the um, unofficial or maybe official American football house. With a 17-year gap between records, it's fascinating to dive into Strong's mindset throughout his 2016 shoot. The first time I, uh, I was taking the photos, I definitely wasn't thinking about how all this stuff related to that house specifically, because at the time, you know, no one knew that that would become a thing. And then the second one, the second one was just me going to the house uh, almost 20 years later, just spending two days there photographing and watching and just sort of hanging out and making images, um, and then sort of went back and edited after. The first time it was just trying to match the tone of the music with the photos, and then the second one, since I was only able really to hear one song, I guess it was just trying to match that song and also keep it consistent with <clears throat> LP1 um, and the music 17 years later or 20 or however long it is. One one thing that we really wanted to play with uh, was to shoot more inside the house than outside the house for this stuff so that we could show, um, I mean, like you said, inside versus outside. If you think about it, the door and the window are both apertures, um, so they kind of they kind of match up that way. Of course, with longtime fans developing such an attachment to LP1's album cover, living up to that hype was not an easy task for Strong. That was a lot of pressure. Um, I do remember, I feel like for LP1, I was a lot more confident uh, than LP2, even though the, the, the second time I had tons more experience going into it, I just felt it was just tons of pressure. And, I, you know, I was nervous about messing it up. Uh, there was one factor that really developed the bond between Strong and the American football fan base. I guess the first time I was taking photos there, it wasn't as much about nostalgia as the second time. The second time had a lot more to do with nostalgia for me than the first time I was working. I thought a lot about trying to get trying to get myself, I guess, in the mindset of what I was thinking about when I was taking photos uh, the first time. It would be hard for it to outdo LP1 in terms of a cover image, um, but I think it's it works for that record. I feel good about it. But yeah, going into it, I was definitely, definitely nervous. When it came to going back to the suburban home that once housed Strong, the crew was welcomed by its current residents. It was neat. Um, it's funny, the house hasn't actually changed a whole lot. We took some posters down and then... We didn't actually have to change too much. Um, I don't know, it was nostalgic, you know, where I used to live. Yeah, the people that live there now, um, I think they just like, I think they thought it was funny that we were hanging out and they got a kick out of it, but I don't think that they were huge American football fans or anything like that. When we were shooting, they kept playing <laughs> like the mid-90s Apple iTunes playlist. They're like, Apple iTunes hits from the mid 90s playlist thing because I think that that's what they thought we would be into as um, nearly 40 year old men that were hanging out in their house. It came out that everybody there was a Danny Brown fan. 
but they did get a kick out of us hanging out, taking photos, and we bought them pizza and you know try to be try to be nice. Uh, but yeah, no, it was great actually. A lot can change in 17 years. We grow older, wiser, and even in our craft, styles can change along with technology. You know, I guess one one really big difference was the first record was all shot on 4x5 slide film, uh, which is a completely different shooting process uh, compared to now, what I'm doing now, which is just uh, uh, Canon 5DSR. You know, the, the 4x5 process is a lot more slow. Uh, you have to be more deliberate. The first time around, you, you really had to want to take that picture, and it was, you know, every photo would cost you 10 or $20 in Polaroid and processing and and then I mean even just setting up a 4x5 camera would take maybe half an hour <clears throat> it's really like, like the same shoot there's just a pause in the middle you know uh, and in, in between the technical things changed but it's really I think I feel like the mind you know whatever the motivation behind the images is still the same really there were a lot of we took a lot of photos so um you know, there's a lot of outtakes, so hopefully the end product worked out. I feel I feel good about it. They definitely, yeah, like the the right one used got used for the cover, but there were definitely some that I thought might be be appropriate in the record that didn't end up getting used. This change in technique drew plenty of comparisons to the photo shoot 17 years ago, <laughs> which is way different from you know LP two. We shot a thousand photos, maybe more like 900, and then edited down to. I think it was five or six in the end, whereas LP1, all the images had to be so deliberate that I think total, you know, there was maybe a two to one ratio of what was used versus what was shot versus LP2, which was, you know, five were used and 900 were shot. The beauty of digital. It's fun, you know, it's fun to, to have options. There's a lot of stinkers though. <laughs> With a project like this, Change is such an important attribute to the impact of the artwork. LP1 came out in 1999, a time where physical music had such a different landscape. Strong touched on this topic, relating it to his own children and their experience with music and physical media. Right. I mean, like for my kids, um, they get into records, but they never interact with anything physical. They can go through the whole experience through Apple, you know, Apple songs or whatever it's called. Um, and they, they'll see the cover art and images associated with the record, but they'll never actually hold a booklet in their hands that has, you know, images selected in sequence and in order for viewing that are attempted to, to tell a story. It was just, <clears throat> the, the packaging was such a big deal. With the pressure of living up to the praise of LP1's artwork, Strong went into this project with clear goals. I wanted to make something that was consistent with the first with the the first record, but not something that was just a complete duplicate of it. Something that expanded the narrative of that window image a little bit, and just in a sense, the image of the cover is almost about being drawn in or, or coming home versus the door, which is about leaving. Those were things that I was thinking about. I mean, if there really is one thing that is that joins all of them, I think it is the light. I guess it's a style, I, I don't know, like, like a stylistic 
continuum that you're seeing? I think the first record cover is more about a relationship, and the second one is more about maybe being on your own, in a sense, for me. I mean, hopefully it enhances it, in a way. I guess that would be the, the ideal, is that it actually it adds something to the music or, or builds, just helps to expand it. Missing Artwork is a collaboration of Chris Lantinen and myself, Michael Paul Escanuelas. We are part of the Modern Vinyl family of podcasts, which represent other great shows like Misalign and Vinyl Crawl. Check out modern-vinyl.com to see the latest vinyl news, features, and to find out more information about our podcast family. Thank you to Mark Reddito for our theme music, and of course, thank you to Chris Strong for talking with us. We are still in our podcast infancy, so please go subscribe to our show on iTunes or whatever podcast service you favor, and leave us a review telling us how much you love us and the show. Then go share it with your friends. We're always on the hunt for new listeners. Thank you for listening.